Hello, my friend. Welcome. I didn't expect to find you out here. But then again, I didn't really expect anything, to be honest. One moment I was resting, quiet and still and in a place of darkness and breath only. As I usually am, I'm realizing more and more whenever you find me here. And the next moment, I was here. Did I come here to this place in the castle, or more accurately, just outside of the castle, because it's where you found yourself when you arrived? Or did we both materialize in the place we needed to be, here? All of it and not that at all, I suppose since we're just making it up as we go along. That's fine. That's the point. There's a lovely kind of freedom and rebellion in there, I think. Don't you? We are walking the parapets, you and I. It's nighttime, of course it is. It is a foggy night. Chilly, even for late summer. A sleepy, thick kind of air hangs about the place tonight. Light rain. Pleasant, too, somehow. At least I find it to be so. The moon, only a little less than full, now, is hard to see in the fog. Instead, it just lends a soft white glow. A halo in the sky though its source isn't very clearly visible. But that's all right. We can remember what she looks like. Just because we can't see something clearly with our eyes doesn't mean that we cannot benefit from its presence. We're so far away from it, and yet we feel her presence completely, don't we? I'm not entirely sure why we're up here tonight. Your guess is as good as mine. Maybe we're on the lookout for something. Maybe we have somewhere to go. It would seem we're walking the parameter of the place, only... It's strange. No matter how many corners I turn... I never seem to end up where I started. Not exactly. It may look similar, but I'm certain that each corner I turn is a new one. This place, this castle, its high walls, they are endless, aren't they? I knew as much. But understanding as much is harder. Perhaps we are on watch. It is so foggy that maybe the castle requires of us that we stand sentinel and keep a weather eye on the sky and the land. 
perhaps it's just a pleasant evening stroll. Nothing so sinister or dutiful as standing guard, but just enjoying the night sky. Can it not be both, I wonder? Or neither? For perhaps we are walking, moving, journeying towards something, towards some... I don't know, some kind of... We all imagine that we are working towards a tangible destination. But are we, really? What is the end? Is it something we can touch, hold, grasp? Aha. There it is. The question we've been meant to encounter. A question of journeys. Of destinations. Of endings. Let's see. Take a deep breath with me. Why? Why not? In? Out. In. Out. I have begun our journey in this castle. I began it about five episodes ago. I gently let go of that earthly and earthy form from the last lifetime I explored with you because I could. Because there's no such thing as time, and at my core, whichever form I take is not who I am anyway. I learned that after passing through spring, summer, autumn, winter, spring, summer, autumn, winter. I learned that a lifetime before that, too, when I was a human girl, and then an immortal monster, and then a winged beast, and then poof, I disappeared, and yet I still couldn't shut up. Lifetime after lifetime, I find myself still exploring Still talking, still seeing, still loving, still longing. Though less and less with the longing, I think. Until perhaps I will shed that entirely. Maybe. 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 I started three different stories for this question. I erased them all because none of them felt quite right. I instead decided to rest and come back to the idea. And as I rested, I realized that of course there is no clear story to such a question because that might be the greatest lie. That there was always a clear story, a beginning, a middle, and an end. For any of us. For any of this. At least, there doesn't have to be. I think that some of us have been led to believe that this is so. That we have a spring, a summer, an autumn, a winter, and then that's it. But what happens after winter? I would ask. What happens when the trees shed their leaves? 
and are nothing but skeletons. What happens to the flowers, the fields, the crops? Do they wither and die and never, ever come back? No. They have their seasons and their cycles, and death is a part of that cycle, but after the end there is rebirth. New growth. Continuation. A single flower, a single plant, a single leaf on a tree may wither and fall. And if we believe we are as small as that, then I understand the belief that there is a finish to all of this. An end to the path. A fall from the parapet. But I do not believe we are. I believe that we are the field, the soil, the rain, the sky, the moon, newly born, growing to fullness, dwindling away, then returning. I think all things will work this way, even those things that seem dire and desperate even as fewer and fewer trees come and go, even as the sky grows darker and darker and yet the sun grows hotter and hotter, even as lakes and seas dry up, I seek to not fear. We will find our way back. I think we always have anyway. You know, one of the story ideas I kept circling back to was this one where we would walk this parapet around and around through the fog and see different parts of most of our day, maybe even our lives, waking up, walking to work, being at work, walking home, seeing loved ones, going to bed, or maybe it was meant to be stages of our lives, birth. Childhood, adolescence, adulthood, maturity, old age, death. Seasons, phases of the moon. I thought I might parallel all of these elements to each other. Our cycles reflect each other. The shape of a day is not so different from the shape of a month, is not so different from the shape of a year, is not so different from the shape of a lifetime. But you already knew that, I think. And you know what? I'm bored already. We are experiencing it. I did not feel the need to outline it. And there was one part of this story that I was the most excited to explore. And so perhaps we'll just skip ahead to... <gasps> oh. What on earth was that? Are you all right? It felt as though something grabbed me. Sharp hooks, talons, something like that. Big black wings, feathers flying everywhere. Did you feel them too? Are you all right? The talons weren't so bad, it was the falling that hurt. What is this place? 
We seem to be indoors somehow. It's some kind of stone place. The moonlight streams in behind a giant mechanism of glass, or at least it looks to be a mechanism of some kind. There are gears and cogs and all kinds of things that look to be part of a machine, but they are covered in dust and cobwebs. Whatever this is, it hasn't moved in, well, probably years, I might guess, if time mattered or existed. I can't see you. Have I been able to see you yet? Come to think of it, I'm not sure I have. Did I talk about this last time? I just feel that you're here, listening, but I can't really be sure, can I? I suppose it's just a faith that I hold in my heart that you are here, listening. And yet I've never got the feeling that I'm being watched before. I feel that I am now. Being watched, and not by you. Against the glass of the clock, as though standing just on the other side of it, there is a figure, tall and looming with huge wings at its back. Wings that are at rest. I see only its silhouette, yet I know her. Yet I know her. If I were a book, she might be the villain, or she might be the hero. If I were a book, she might haunt my pages, or she might write on each one. If I were a book, she might be the flame that catches my spine up and burns the paper to ash. Or she might be the printing press that gives me new life, time and time again. 179 episodes ago, I, that is, a girl with a computer and a microphone and a long walk to and from work and creative inspiration that waxes and wanes like the moon, and an energy that can be incredibly powerful and volatile or almost non-existent and wrapped in a warm blanket in a cold bedroom. That is, I, in another place, another form, whatever, whatever, whatever. 179 episodes ago, I was followed home by such a creature. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I saw her there. She came to me when I needed her. And she has come to me again. She comes to me when it is time to stop the relentless ticking of that fictional clock. She catches me up in her sharp claws and drags me into the sky so high up that everything looks so very small, so very far, so very... Trivial isn't the word, because it's all important, and yet not important at all. But she flies me high, high, high up so that I can have some distance. 
and watch everything from far away. And when she dropped me into this clock tower, this place was so silent. The noise of my city so far, so soft, completely gone, in fact. Somehow, I thought once that life was a journey, and that you had to take the right kinds of twists and turns to end up on the right kind of path. And if you're lucky, that path will be a very long one. But ultimately, there is an end to it. And you just have to hope that you have made enough of your journey by that point, and made enough right twists and turns that you did absolutely everything you want with your life. You have to hope that nothing terribly unlucky, no dreadful, fateful events, fall upon you and change your path. You have to hope that your life turns out to be what you want it to be, otherwise you will be most wretched and most lost, and you will have squandered the one great gift you had. <laughs> Somehow that is what I thought once. And when twists and turns in other directions came upon me, when I had to pause and think where to go next, when I felt completely stopped in my tracks from fear of taking a wrong turn, oh, the misery, the pain, oh, the suffering. But then, a monstrous thing with great black wings followed me home. She came to me in my sleep. She sang to me. She told me stories. She told me about her own twists and turns in other directions. She told me to share her stories. I slowly became her. Maybe even if I may flatter myself to think so. And I came to see something much more truthful than this lie of our life's journey being a single, straight line. A story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Period. She comes to me and flies me far away and drops me hard on my head so that the clock can stop. And I can see how false it's always been. And with that dreadful tick-tock, tick-tock, frozen, gloriously silenced, I can hear. Music. This is not the end. This isn't even a pause. This is the moment. And all there is, is the moment. There is no ending that you can touch, grasp. For me, in my wanderings, in my ponderings, in my mind, and in my castle, forest, cellar. There is no ending at all. But there is this moment. You can touch this. 
you can grasp this. Look, you already are. You are this moment. You have found it. You can fall asleep and you still won't lose it. You can wake up and still be in it. This is not a story with a beginning, a middle, an end. I was wrong to think I could make one about a journey that has none of those things. Perhaps I've run out of such stories because I've stopped believing in them entirely. She is here still, looming outside the clock. Yet she appears much larger than before. Her silhouette is so very big that it seems she is a giant looking in on us. And we are tiny mice in a child's dollhouse. She raises her hand, and how frightful it looks. Remember that her fingers are fearsome and long, as are her claws. Recall the extra knuckle, the bony and death-like appearance to them. Just as I am about to shriek at how large she is, I can't help it, it's frightening to be at the mercy of something so vast and endless and unknowable. She raises a finger up to her lips. I can see it, even through the clock face's glass. And I can see that she is smiling. Even with all of her teeth, her fangs, her rows and rows of them, it is not a fearsome smile, but a loving one. And instead of screaming, I follow her lead. Her shoulders raise up and down and up and down to indicate I ought to breathe instead. And so I do. And through the breath I become this moment. And she takes her fingers and lightly flicks the clock tower. It gently falls to the ground and crumbles. And we, safely, surf the waves of the roiling stones and pieces of glass under our feet as though they are nothing. For do we really have feet here anyway? We are placed again on the parapets of this castle on this foggy, late summer's evening. The moon exactly where it was. No time has passed. Even the moment has not passed. It is still upon us. And with the clock tower completely gone, scooped up by an unseen hand, and only the sound of wings flapping away, away, Way until they are gone. We can stay here, guiltless in our decadent appreciation of this moment. There are moments when we must take action and go somewhere and do something, tell stories, create stories. We can still take this with us then. 
There are moments when time's illusion holds us tighter than perhaps we might like. No matter. Take this moment with us even then, still. And every moment that seems like an ending, a middle, a beginning. Every leaf that falls and withers and dies and decays is also just surfing the wave of this crumbling clock tower, riding the shards of the broken timepiece, finding its way back to this moment, this moment, this moment, this moment, this moment. This moment, this moment, this moment, <laughs> this moment, this moment, this moment, this moment, la, la, la. Hello, everybody, and thanks so much for listening to episode 206 of On a Dark, Cold Night. This is your host, narrator, writer, composer, podcaster, etc., Kristen Zaza. I hope you're having a wonderful September and that you found some rest and rejuvenation with uh, the weekend that just passed, full moon. Sending many thanks this week to longtime listener and kind supporter of the show, Brooke, who asked the question about destinations and tangible endings. Brooke wrote me with this question, uh, requesting a kind of follow-up to episode 27, If I Were a Book, from all the way back in season one. So this was inspired a little by that, um, among many other things. Thank you for submitting this question, Brooke. I appreciate it. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When we're frustrated or frightened or sad or anxious... It can be hard to take a step back from everything that's going on and see the bigger picture. From my experience, having tools and practices that help you learn how to take that step back, take some deep breaths, and look at your situation from a more grounded and calm place is integral to gaining the distance you need to tackle your problems and start your metaphorical book on a fresh page. A therapist can help guide you towards these tools and techniques and help you become a better problem solver. And from that place of calm, strength, and confidence in yourself, who's to say what you can or can't accomplish? For me, therapy is an inspiring and empowering reminder that we all struggle sometimes. We all have emotional hurdles and difficulties. And though those are not the same for everyone, knowing that you're not alone and that there are people who can help you is a huge comfort. And taking the first step to reach out on your own behalf is a great act of love to yourself. And when we help ourselves, I truly believe that we help others, too. We're all here and we're all together, after all, right? If you're thinking of beginning therapy as the next step of your journey, BetterHelp is a wonderfully convenient, accessible, affordable option that's entirely online. By completing a quick survey, you can be matched with a therapist, and you're also able to switch therapists at any time, too. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash goodnight today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P, 
com slash goodnight. Thanks so much, friends. I'd like to thank everyone who supports the show via Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the show this way, every monthly supporter of $1 US or more receives access to my complete soundtrack of the show, while supporters of $5 or more get that and access to a monthly tarot reading I do every full moon. You can learn more at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. If you'd prefer to donate one time only with no perks, you can buy one or more metaphorical coffees through ko-fi.com. Uh, find more info at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. You can also buy t-shirts and hoodies through bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. Those are also all great ways to submit your own questions if you'd like to hear me answer one of yours through a story on an upcoming episode. You can also send me a question over social media. I'm on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, on my Facebook or YouTube pages called on a dark cold night, or on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. You can also leave me a rating and a review via iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you like to do so. I'd certainly appreciate that very, very much. Thank you so much for being here tonight and listening with me, to me. <laughs> Wishing you lots of good rest and some calm moments ahead. Sweet dreams, my friends. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.